Hello and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. And my name is Dan. And tonight we do not have Angus with us. He's got something better to do, apparently. So we'll excuse Angus, but we've got a guest to replace him. And I'd say a special guest. Would you agree, Dan? I would, yeah. There's only three people who've done it so far. Yes, we are speaking to the winner of Gaffer 22-23. His name is Craig. They're not rad on Twitter. Welcome, Craig. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, mate. It really is a pleasure. It's good to do these because none of us have ever won the game. So just to get some insight of somebody who's actually done it is really good for us and the listeners. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out how I did it myself, Jamie. So <laughs> hopefully you guys can help me out on that as well. Yeah, yes, hopefully. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, then just tell us a bit about yourself. You know, who are you? Who do you support? How did you come to play Gaffer? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so um, long-time uh, fantasy player. Um, I don't know how how many years I've done on FPL, how, how many years punishment. Uh, probably about 15, 10, 15, something like that. Um Best finish on that's about 7K, somewhere around that rank-wise. But then, you know, it's so up and down. Uh, so difficult, I think, FBL. Um, played Gaffer for it's my second season that we just finished. So not in from the start, um, but heard about it on, I think it was Planet FPL pods. Listened to a lot of pods, so picked it up on there. And, um, yeah, really enjoyed the first season and, and you know, obviously had a, a pretty good second season, which was unexpected to say the least <laughs> where did you finish in your first season it was um 57th i think that's um, not bad then so you've had two good seasons yeah so not too bad really enjoyed the first season and it just you know it was just almost no pressure kind of it's so different from fpl with the, the boosts and stuff and i just think it's a more you know more exciting format really you can you never know what's going to happen even if you find yourself at you know Christmas, January, February, quite far behind, I think you've got good chances to catch up. Um, whereas with FPL, it often feels like you're kind, of, you know, where you are, where you are, and then the template kicks in and you can't move. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it, and um, and last last year went good, um, but yeah, wasn't <laughs> wasn't planning to win at all really, um, and didn't really think about it until quite late on, if I'm honest. Who's your team? So I Live in Kent, uh, so Gillingham fan, season ticket holder for lots of years since '98, I think. Um, not, not didn't get one last year for for reasons kind of travelling around and doing lots of other stuff. But yeah, long long suffering Jules fan um, up until recently. Obviously got new new funding now, new owners, so it's looking good. Hopefully, get out of League Two, get into League One, and if we could get into Gaffer, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not fun picking your own team's players. Well, from a soap point it of view, anyway, me. it's not. <laughs> so you you got into Gaff then just basically um, through enjoyment of playing other fancy games. It wasn't because you know you've got a team in the league or whatever. No, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and I love championship football. So you know, I watch an awful lot of football uh, on Sky um, and BT and stuff. And um, yeah, just just enjoy doing it in my spare time. Really, you kind of work work quite a lot, do do a lot of hours at work, and you know, family stuff. It's just good to chill out, I think. And and Gaffer's one of those those formats that I think you can kind of just pick up, and you know, it's quite exciting on the day. And as I said, you, you're never really out of it. I don't think, um, you know, and you can always kind of bounce back. But most of the season, it feels like this is possible. 
um, to at least get kind of quite high in the rankings anyway. So, yeah, that's what I like about it. Yeah, I always say you're one good boost away from being in contention. Yeah. All yeah. it takes is that one good boost when everybody else plays it and you can shoot up 100 yeah. places, for example. Yeah, it's just, it's just nailing it, isn't it? And I think... Um, I think the other thing with Gaffer is, which I was thinking about this coming season, I haven't done a lot yet on the, the season that's coming, but it's so it's so changeable, isn't it? Because you get the, the free clubs obviously coming down from the Premier League and you've got three coming up in League One. A um, lot of movement of players, loans, transfers. So it does feel like every season is completely different. Um, you know, it's, it's quite a reset, I think, every year. Which I think makes it more enjoyable because... We've been looking at, you know, game week one and they were quite, we're still two weeks away yet, but you have no idea if Leeds, for example, who they're going to keep, who's going to go. Um, and it stops at 10 points at the beginning of the season because I think it'll be a very varied. So I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, no, same really. And that's, uh, it It took over really. I played Sky um, Fantasy last year for the first time, but but Gaffer up and you know around Christmas time took priority really over the other two. I think if you play multiple formats, one of them tends to to dominate depending on how you're doing. And um, yeah, Gaffer was going quite well for two two years in a row now. Really, I kind of got more into Gaffer than than anything else. Um, and Championship football, I think, is just amazing anyway, isn't it? It's just. You know, you put that on the telly, you don't know what's going to happen. You can sit down with a beer and watch watch championship football and anything can happen. Um, whereas sometimes, you know, with the the Premier League and stuff, it is all a little bit, you, you know, top teams tend to win and, and so on. So, no, it's good. Really enjoy it. Well, that kind of leads us on to the first question that we've got for you, Craig, to be fair. Um, me and Dan wanted to know, what's your management style? Is it eye test or is it stats? Or are you a bit of both? You're, you're going to like this one, Jamie, because I, I was listening to um, I was listening to you guys talk to Luke, wasn't it? I think, yeah, about yeah. a week ago. And I caught up on that at the weekend. And um, I'm definitely, definitely more towards eye test watching football. Um, That's music to Jamie's ears. <laughs> he's got a smile on his face there. Yeah. Um, so definitely, uh, I mean, I don't mind the stats. And I, I, to be honest, if I'm going to get stats, I'll get them mainly from listening to people like you know you guys or you know having a quick look on um scout or one of the other websites and just having a dig into into that sort of thing rather than looking at the data and the tables uh, and the spreadsheets so definitely watch a lot of a lot of football so my my tendency is to to kind of if i see something good or i'm seeing a trend that influences quite a lot what i do um but yeah i suppose stats wise i definitely look at you know goal scorers who's got the highest assists who's taking set pieces that sort of stuff but not the xg you know expecting assist or all that kind of thing i think it's relevant um it's just you know it doesn't really influence me as much as as watching the football really you're my favorite fantasy manager now craig because <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as i go with stats i'll i'll look at goal scores assess yeah now and again i'll look at you know chances created since Dan mentioned it last year to me but I've yeah. never looked in but I did find the podcast with Luke really interesting um I have my latest draft I've got a few players anyway I wouldn't normally have um basing off key passes and stuff but I don't know how long that will last because I get very bored and yeah. I like that feeling of spotting someone when you watch them and you're like 
yes, he's giving him a team. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely hit and miss, I think. And, um, you know, obviously, obviously I had more hits and misses last year. But a lot of that's, you know, like any any game, um, fantasy format game, I think, you know, you need a, a fair slice of luck um, to, to get things going your way. You have to be on the, the big kind of swings um, when they happen. Um, and if, if you do that, you know, and, and make good good transfers, good decisions, then um, you got a chance. But, yeah, you, you definitely need the luck. Um, but I, I do prefer that, you know, you watch a game, you make a decision and then it, you know, it feels really good, doesn't it? When you, when that works out and, and you think, yep, that works. Um, you know, that, that's a big tick in the box for me. It kind of feels like you've made that decision as well. I think, whereas yeah. if you look at stats and, you know, the, the sexy thing is telling you who this player is and it's kind of feels like the computer's telling you to pick that player. And yeah. I find that quite boring. I like doing it myself which can be my downfall sometimes, but other times can work my way. Yeah, I think um, I've got, you know, this is the the last two seasons have been pretty good on Gaffer, obviously, but I think it's the only, it's the, it's the only experience I've had for a long while in, in these sorts of games of it working, but I still stick to that format really. And, you know, I, I kind of listen to quite a lot when I'm working and traveling around and you get influenced by that. So you pick up the stats that way. Um, which is, I think it's valuable, um, you know, I think everybody has their own their own style, don't they? But um, yeah, I definitely get a lot more enjoyment out of sitting down at night and putting the game on or the highlights on and and trying to work it out from that, really, if I can. And, and think, sometimes that works. I think what will be interesting is now we're, we're getting into the fourth, fourth season, we sort of know where you, uh, there's point scoring, we do know some players who have been in the, the league for three, four years. Uh, so we, we sort of do have a lot more data to go on and we know sort of what type of players like then become too much on, on the stats based and it will still rely on um, some eye test. But I think because it's the championship still isn't cover, covered, doesn't have as much coverage as the Premier League, you can pick a player and get a two or three game weeks advantage before they go massive. Do you feel yeah. like that, Craig? Yeah, no, I agree, I agree Dan. I think uh, I think if you can get if you can get ahead of the game, pick the right players, pick up the form early, um, then you know you, you've got a chance. There. It seems to be quite a lot of variance in people's teams. Um, early on um, and when you look at you know just look at this season coming there's so many different ways you can go um, so I think if you yeah if, you, if you're lucky enough to get on the right players and then just stick with them um, you lead, lead that template I guess don't you a little bit and um, and that that helps rather than than jumping around and, and kind of um, moving from player to player but um, I, I definitely agree I think this year is going to be more difficult um, than the last and, and the one before that because it just feels like yeah, when you look when you look on the the site and go through the players and the teams, it is it is quite difficult. It's, it feels it's more difficult than last year already. And I haven't I haven't started even drafting anything seriously yet. I'm just I've just done an auto team and had a fiddle and and uh, yeah, no no firm decisions yet. But yeah, got to get there, I suppose. Now, <laughs> are you aware of how the bonus system works, Craig? Yeah, yeah, a are little. You bit. aware of that last season? Yeah, I, it, well, it was on. I read it on the um, on the rules tab um, 
I won't say I studied it. Um, I, my my kind of approach, I think, was more to kind of go through the teams every week. So when when you get the results in and you can click in, can't you, and see what the yeah. the team was and the points scored, and noting the bonus from that more than anything. So you can just kind of pick up the trends by being observant, really. Um, sometimes, so you can you can see that players like you know Hamer, for example, was really good for me last year. You know, always getting bonus, always doing doing the right things. See, um, I never had Hamer all year. Yeah, you see, I, I picked that one. <laughs> picked that one up from this podcast as well. I think oh, that's <laughs> Angus for you. Yeah. That'll be Angus probably. Yeah, but. Yeah, just just observing really, and 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 looking, and um, and kind of just you know building building off the the core players I had already. I was quite lucky, I think, to get on some of the really good players quite early, um, and then just leave them there, and leave them in the team, and and build around the other kind of six or seven. So obviously, um, we know you've won it, but what were your key decisions uh, during the season? Do you think because I always look around the top who's in the top 10 and stuff here. There's a lot of names that we recognise from the community and stuff where you weren't one of them. I didn't know who you were. So I was always like, I, I'd want Pete to win, for example, because I know him. Well, I don't know him, but I speak to him. And where I just thought you were just a random person who just plays the game. So I, like, I don't want a random to win it. Um, <laughs> so what, what were your decisions like through? Because you kind of came from nowhere because I can't remember you at the beginning of the season or through the middle and then round towards the last third I saw your name popping up popping up and you kept getting closer and closer and I was thinking hang on he's on a roll you like steam train at that time yeah yeah it, decisions wise um I, I like a bit of a, a punt um so I I I suppose first first third of the season that the, the methodology was really don't go too far away from what other people are doing but have a few in there that that others haven't got so for example um who did i had i had um rodriguez um quite early in the season captained him a few times when others were captaining people like pookie um had Berton diaz for the first five six seven eight games he was captained a few times and and, and got a few points i think um so it was first third of the season very much stick to as you know as close as you can the sensible kind of lineups but have a few in there that are slightly different um i was just trying to remember i did write it down i got to i think i got to about the the top kind of 40 quite quickly um so i had a had a good boost in the first round um moved me up quite a few places got into that kind of top 40 top 50 relatively quickly um, and kind of stuck there really um, and from then onwards certainly around Christmas time up just after Christmas time once I was kind of heading towards top 20 top 10 my, my strategy was really try and be different as much as you can without without stitching yourself up <laughs> so you know if, if a lot of people have mats and I'd have Roberts if a lot of people had um, Swift um, you know I had I had yellow clark um you know just different players like that that had the core kind of had victor from very very early on at pom i got on really early um i think i got him in and that was that big kind of breakout game he had and i had him as captain Did you have the hat trick game yeah. i had, i kept him in 
captained in the hat, hat trick but obviously yeah. you were probably further up than than what I was when when that happened yeah so so yeah you know getting getting the core guys in had a Luton defender so either Bree or Drano had it from game week one I think one of them had both of them at one point um at Pong got had Bradshaw for his run um oh, you know <laughs> so lucked out on that one um but yeah, like those core guys, just just leaving them in really, and then and then building around that. But it, so so you know, I, I don't think I, I I enjoy playing it safe really. I like to bring in different players, and and as long as I've got the the kind of core six or seven that that you know are going to be the, the top performers, um, the consistent ones, and then I think you're fine to to bring in, you know, who who you think is going to be on a good run for for three or four games, and and you have that go, don't you? And it either works or it doesn't. And I think last year it it, it worked. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there's no secret formula, <laughs> unfortunately. How long were you in the top ten for? Uh, I was Once in. Once you got in there. Yeah, I was in the top ten. So I was pretty just looking for it. I've got it written down on here. So I was in the top fifty from game week fifteen, and stayed there. Didn't go below fifty after that. And I got into the top ten in game week twenty three. Oh wow! So you were up there, yeah, for a large top, period of the season then, and didn't drop out the top ten after that. So my jeepers keepers got me into the top ten in twenty three, um, and then I stayed there. And I kind of bounced. I never hit the top though. I never got into the top three. So I don't think people tend to look below kind of, you know, the top three's top three, isn't it? And everyone's having a look at that and saying who's close. But I, I was kind of bouncing about from kind of ninth, seventh, back up to seventh and um, eighth, you know, that kind of area, and it. Didn't really move an awful lot, but managed to stay in there. Oh, well, that's more impressive then, because I had the impression that you just came from nowhere towards the end of the season and just flew up. So that's yeah, well, even more impressive. Yeah, it did feel a little bit like that. But and I, so I did a load of screenshots before um, before it all kind of got reset. I just thought, I need to remember what I've done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if there is anything, I can try and do it again. But you kind of go through it and think, Okay, not sure how this is going to apply to next season, but um, but I dug the dug the file out this morning and just had a look at it. But I was quite surprised actually. It didn't really feel like I was up there for that amount of time, um, and it probably wasn't until because um, I can't ever say his, his Twitter handle correctly. It's Ron Ron Arid. Nine, isn't it? Ron Arid yeah. nine. Yeah. I was, you'd look up at him and think, oh my god, he's so he's so far ahead. I don't think when I even was in the top. 10 i wasn't really looking top three to be honest i was more looking at the non-league league that you sent out the code for jamie i think yeah. i want to win that um so i was more looking at that to be honest week to week until until it got close enough to you know you almost look at it and think well i'm only 30 points back it's only a couple of punts and um you never know um but i, I did feel for him <laughs> when it happened that that last week i mean i was really happy obviously and thought oh my god you know doing the whole kind of getting there celebrating and then you kind of stop and you had that moment i was like oh, okay. <laughs> but a bit bad to be honest i wouldn't have absolutely no chance i'd have been loving that um what about boost then because boost play a big part in gaffer with us having so many you know games yeah. to choose three of the six every three phases let's say did you have a particular way in playing them, or did you kind of follow the templates with them? Did you when, use your overhauls? Yeah, see, I had a, I had a rule at the beginning of the season that I wasn't going to use an overhaul. 
Um, I did use it in the end. I had to use it in 32 um, to get out of the, I can't remember exactly what I had. I think I was in the kind of Sheffield United, West Brom, Millwall kind of lockdown where they were doubles and there was all sorts going on. I think I overhauled to get either into that or out of it. I can't remember. Um, I think that's what everyone, that was the budget buster as well, wasn't it? Yeah. There budget two strategies. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was overall in or overall out. And one had Bradshaw, one didn't, and I didn't have Bradshaw. And I didn't have Bradshaw <laughs> either done. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, the boosts, um, when looking back at those, that they, you know, were pretty important. All three kind of sets really um, went well. Um, you know, the very first one was um, away days quite early, game week six. So I got a got 500 or place rise out of that. Um, the other two after that weren't, weren't that great, but then into the middle set, um, follow the leader, um, kind of massive, massive point tool there, 207 points. Um, so that went really, really well. Jeepers Keepers, I mentioned earlier, 197 and, uh, and kind of pushed me up um, into the kind of top, top kind of part of the table. And then, yeah, I think in the last set, did the overhaul, did Budget Buster, which went really, really well. Game week rank of um, 21 on that. So that one, you know, right close to the season, really important. And then triple, triple at the end, which didn't go that well, actually, um, looking at it. But uh, no, I tend to, I think I tend to plan the same as everybody else. You just look at the players and the fixtures, don't you? And kind of think, you know, how, how do I get to what I want without taking too many hits? I don't, don't generally take that many hits. Um, only only take them when I really have to, or if it's a boost. Yeah. Um, so did you know did a minus uh, what did I do minus twelve I think on one of them on the follow the leader, a couple of minus fours and some of the others, um, and a minus twelve on the triple triple at the end. But but other than that, I think I only took six hits, five hits in the other other game weeks, um, and on half of those I think I got red arrows. <laughs> so so didn't didn't go back to them really just um just was a bit patient i suppose between the boosts that's interesting you say that about hits because in that last seven six five weeks or whatever it was i was taking hits galore just to try something different than you and pete and luke and i forgot who the other person was who was up there yeah i was taking minus eights or minus twelves every week but then I was still scoring the same as you, so I wasn't gaining on you, but I wasn't losing. So I was on, well, I wouldn't say I was under the press, but I was thinking maybe that's the route I could go down this coming season, where yeah. you kind of, like, you do change a lot, take the minus eight to minus 12 to set yourself up for them one weeks. But then I'm not quite sure now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's... it's um. It's just a more, it's a bit more boring, I think, playing that way. I don't always play fantasy games that way, but I think for Gaffer, if you if you kind of have all the fun on the boosts and a bit, I found if I was a bit more reserved between them, it it worked a bit better. Certainly for the first kind of set, and then I just kind of continued that really. Um, it is obviously it's about picking the right boosts. I think if you there's there's few of them in there, isn't there, that you kind of look at them and think, well, probably not going to get get maximum points out of, of some of those, you know, midfielder doubles and some of those other defender doubles is you have to pick the right ones, I think, um, at the right time. But if, if you've got that and there's particularly if there's some double game weeks and things in there as well. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with minus 12s, um, minus eights, um, depending on what your team looks like. 
Um, and you know, they, they either work or they don't, I suppose. I, I got, got lucky to an extent last year that, you know, pretty much all of them, all of them worked to a lesser or greater extent. Um, didn't have a game week rank kind of under a, over 150 for a boost and a lot of them were under 100. Um, so a low, low kind of 50s, 70s, that sort of area. So that kind of, you know, that adds up, doesn't it? Um, it's, they're so powerful, I think. And can, as we said at the beginning, they can they can shift. Um, they can shift the entire kind of balance of the, the, the game, really, and, and get you back into it and, and make you feel like you're making progress. So, yeah. What, which are your favourite boosts? Uh, well, based on last year, Jeepers Keepers. Yeah, Jeepers Keepers <laughs> that is was, great. We love that. That was amazing. Um, got yeah, big points from Palmer and Wilson on that when I played it. I think I played it at a slightly different time to most other people, um, which is always a, a consideration as well. Um, so you're trying to work out what everybody else is trying to do. Um, and if it's not going to you know, stitch you up completely, if, if there's a way to do it that's slightly different, um, but close in terms of the, the, the kind of chances of it being successful, then I'll tend to always go for the plan B if I can. Um, so yeah, Jeepers Keepers, um, follow the leaders, good. Enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, and tri- triple, triple's good like that. But it is a lot of pressure that one. <laughs> you can it could quite easily be a big fat, you know, zero in terms of being successful if you get it wrong. So, what about you guys? What What are the ones you you enjoy the most? I like follow the leader was a good one last year. Um, I think I played it with the Sheffield United boys where they played Burnley and they they hammered Burnley and then they had and Rotherham. And, and then um, lost to Rotherham one no one's it. Yeah, they lost to Rotherham. But obviously we I had McBurney, NDI, and Armahodvich. And you're thinking, here we go, we're gonna on a massive haul and then and the typical championship Rotherham go and beat them. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite. A- any of the big ones. I-, I like Jeepers Keepers just because it- it's unique. How many fantasy games do you need a goalie? Um and as as you mentioned with Luke, that the, the goalies are pretty useless in in this game apart from jeepers keepers where maybe we get it once or twice twice a year so it's nice having jeepers keepers yeah yeah they've been mining i also like the boosts in the first set because it's very unlikely there's going to be any doubles in them first 15 weeks yeah so there's no really obvious week to play them so what i think this season we've got Part the boards, triple, triple, the midfield one. Home advantage. Home advantage, yeah. What was the other one overall? And what was the other one, Dan? Oh, I can't remember now. You put me on the spot. I know they're not they're not great, great. There's, no, they're not great. They're, but, okay. they're okay. Yeah, and I like that because once you get to the end of that second set, which is normally around January time, isn't it, with the FA, FA Cup, Cup, you've had the winter weather come in, postpone games. Everybody kind of goes down the same path, you know. I will play this in game week 33 because seven teams have a double or whatever. So I, I do like the first set really because that could give you a good advantage if you can nail them in that yeah. first set and you've put yourself in the top 50 or even top 100, you're in a good place. Yeah, you're not yeah. fighting for the rest of the season then. So yeah, I, I do like that. 
Um, have you thought of any strategies for this season, Craig? Haven't. Yeah, I mean, nothing other than the obvious. I mean, I've had a, had a look. Um, I've got the strategy, obviously, of going back and and reviewing what I did last year and thinking, okay, how can I learn from that? Hence, got I've got a few kind of um, you know notes and things and a few screenshots and you know I, I will probably sit down five or six days before the season starts and actually look at it seriously because um, there's so much movement in the transfer market and you know everybody's going to be you know steaming into the same kind of you know premium players and players like Leicester and Leeds and Southampton but everything could change um, so I don't I don't put I don't put too much planning in too early if that makes sense. Um, See, Craig's uh, my hero, Dan. Yeah, I don't see the point in all the drafts now because I know I'm going to change it 20 times. So what I'll do now is I'll just keep an eye on pre-season, looking for any youngsters that are playing regularly, like getting more than 60 minutes in most games, goal scorers, that kind of thing. And then it says literally a week before, panic. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> yeah. I need to do my team. But then, because I play multiple games, I'm doing them all at once. So at least with the championship, we start a week before. I'll concentrate on that. The week later, then it'll be doing like the Sky. Um, I used to play Bundesliga, but I'm not anymore. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, same here. And you know, you, I look at it and I, I tend to, I suppose, strategy-wise, when I do sit down and I pick that first team, it it will be certain starters that are in the going to be in the first eleven. You know, I'll probably resist the temptation to have too many new players to the league. Um, I like, I think Ipswich are going to be really, really good this year, but I don't think I'm going to have a load of them in my team. Um, We're going to have a disagreement about that, Craig. Ah, you're not not feeling Ipswich. I think they're being overhyped. I think everyone thinks they're going to be like Sunderland, but I think if you look at Sunderland's squad, it, it was a lot better than Ipswich. I don't think they'll be in trouble going down and with the pricing of the assets, I can see us having like one or two regularly throughout the season, but I'm, I'm not convinced they're going to do quite as well as definitely the bookies seem to be thinking they're going to. Yeah. The manager's, um, he's got such a good reputation for like quite a, a kind of limited experience, isn't he? So it's interesting. Obviously, he's had coaching yeah. experience and stuff, and he's clearly a clearly good coach, knows what he's doing, but. Yeah, I think I think they'll be very popular, um, but I'll, I'll resist the temptation. I think for them and probably having too many Leicester or Leeds as well, because I, I just you just don't know how they're going to play. Both got new managers, um, you know. Obviously, Southampton have got the new manager as well. Um, but I just feel a bit more confident with them um, that they're going to be a bit more settled. Might be completely wrong, um, but I'll probably pick you know, Walprouse and maybe a, a defender from Southampton. Um, and then try and stick to at least for the first kind of few weeks. I'll, I'll probably try and base it on people that I know and that have played in the league and you know are still there. I think Hackpong's got an injury. I read this morning, so he was going to be straight in the team to be honest, but um, he might not be now because <laughs> um, I've heard that he's injured. That's interesting because I'm at the beginning when the game first launched, I was adamant I was just going to go on players who I know did well last year so I was going to avoid mm. even the free relegated clubs altogether just for the first two to three weeks um, but then when you're looking at people like Drewsbury Hall and Ward Prowse if they're at their clubs 
you've got to look at them really. But I'll be doing something similar. So I'm more optimistic now for the season because I'm basically copying your strategy. And what makes me feel better is I actually have thought about that before. And so this is my year, Dan. This could be it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Dan, have you got any you know, other questions? Because I, I feel like I'm just I'm taking over and I don't want no, to No, no, that. that's fine. Um, just about captaincy and vice-captain, is there a certain way? Do you take a punt on vice-captains or do you use the vice-captain as a safety net and punt on your captain? I, I'm more likely, if I look back at the, the kind of um, the records I've got of last season, more likely to have a safe captain um, and pump the vice captain. To the extent where, so I, I was I was vice captain in people like um, Giles sometimes, Roberts, uh, Bree had it a number of weeks. Um, not really huge pumps, but you're look I mean, you're looking around and you're thinking, who's everybody else captain and vice captain in, and you know where. With the bonus going back to that where can you maybe find an edge that's a little bit more nailed on than going for you know somebody yeah. completely out there like a robber and player or a, you know some random player so yeah I'm, I'm more likely to to put the, the vice captain armband on someone like that um and that worked for me i think in the in the last few game weeks of the season you know i, I kind of had um roberts in the team he was doing really, really well. Put the vice captain's armband on him a couple of times. You know, got the, the little boost that way. Um, but on the captaincy, the main captaincy, yeah, I, I, looking back, I think I was pretty safe on that most of the season. Um, so Victor had it an awful lot. Um, Akpom. Akpom had it an awful lot. Um, I steered clear of... There were cert certain players... For no other reason other than just gut feel, really. I'd steer steer clear of Norwich players pretty much all season. I think I had Pookie for the first three games, captained him and ditched, never went back. Um, and then a lot of people had Swift, didn't they, for a lot of the oh, season. I, don't get West Brom. I didn't <laughs> touch Swift's um, captaincy, but I didn't even have him in the team, I don't think. Swift. I have Wallace for a few weeks with the doubles and then couldn't literally couldn't get rid of him. So I think he stayed in my team to the end because I didn't want to minus four him out. Um, but yeah, pr pretty safe on the captaincy, and, and if I can if I can gamble on the vice captaincy, then I will. Um, and I think it, it becomes easier. I think to take when you've got something in you're in a mini league or you're looking at the overall standings or whatever. I think it becomes easier to to take those gambles as well because you can really look at who's got what um, and start to think, okay, who can I get in that that nobody's got and maybe, you know, you don't do anything with them captaincy wise for the first couple of weeks, but they're there for when that fixture comes up, maybe two or three weeks later. So I did a little bit of that with, um, obviously with Clark, um, you know, my new favorite player. <laughs> Last game week of the season. <laughs> and we mentioned earlier, are you a stats player or an ITS player? What about fixtures and form? Because a lot of managers will look at the fixtures, you know, they'll have their own FDRs, and they'll yeah. say they've got a good run now, five games all green or whatever. Where on the other hand, some players will just go off form. What are you like regarding that? Yeah, more more on the fixtures side. Um, so I'll okay. I'll plan out the fixtures and and have a look at that sometimes if I've got more time. And particularly if there's a boost coming up, I will kind of spend a bit of time planning out the fixtures that are coming up and and you kind of slot in the boost. So I think that that forward planning's. It's quite easy to do, a because you can get the fixtures in anywhere, um, and and also makes a lot of sense. I think when there's so much on the boosts, 
Um, and because I don't like taking the hits, it kind of you kind of feel like every transfer has to count. Um, so you don't really want to throw a, a you know throw a transfer away. So if you can roll for a week and and have a, a better plan the following week, I'll do. I'm more likely to do that than just put a player in because everybody else is signing in or because he's got an amazing fixture. I don't really think I want him. I'll I'll roll the transfer. Um, so that's that kind of yeah patience thing I suppose until a boost comes along and then you know I'm far more likely to go steaming into three or four players and take a hit. Um, it's, well, that's how last year worked anyway. <laughs> that's interesting. I need to note that down then because I'm the opposite. I other than when you're planning for like the doubles, so you know what teams you need for a double. I I barely look at the fixtures. I remember Akpom. It might have been around between second and third um, phase of the game, he had Middlesbrough had a tough run. So people didn't go back to Akpom after the, all the doubles, where I had him straight away because I was just like, well, he's in form, he's scoring goals every week. With the Championship, I see it as, you know, well, Rotherham beat Sheffield United, for example. Anybody could beat anybody. So if you're in form, to me, that's the way, but I might um, start looking at fixtures a bit more now if that's how the champion does it. It's a mixture, Jamie. <laughs> it is a bit of a balance, I think. I, d- I do quite a lot of them. Um, let's look. I don't really look at form um, so much because I think because I tend to stick to the kind of buy the best players is basically the, my mantra, I suppose. Just always, you know, I don't I don't want to buy some kind of left back or someone from a, a lower lower end of the table team that maybe has a good fixtures coming up unless it's a budget buster or boost or something um so form you know i tend to kind of look more of the, the lineups and the what are the chances of this person actually staying in the team and playing um and but that's more about i think they're not having to kind of transfer them straight back out again if they lose their place you want you want to be using that transfer wisely um and, and the best way to do that is to have a look back and, and, you know, have they been in the team? Where are they playing? So I'll do a little bit of that. Uh, but again, that's that's easy to do, I think. Uh, you know, you don't have to dig particularly hard in, into Google or, you know, any other website to to know, you know, who's been playing for who and, and how many appearances they've got so far. And, you know, just those easy stats. Um, and then, you know, it's almost cheating, I think, with the, you know, you can then listen to a podcast and pick up the more complicated stats easily. <laughs> Is, is how I tend to do it. But, that, you know, I'm just not that sort of data-minded person, I think. There's far better people out there that do that a lot better than I would do it. Um, so just try and pick up from the, the people that are, are kind of really into that, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Dan, have you got any other questions? No, I think that's it. Yeah, Craig, you've been brilliant now. You've covered everything. Um, so what are your goals your targets for this season obviously you've set the bar quite high now are you going to win it again is that the aim is it well uh yeah every game you play i think you play to win um you you, you want to win it um it might not be realistic uh, but if you'd asked me this time last season am i going to win it i would have said oh, i'd like to but i don't think i will um i think last season i was aiming for top 20 so it will be top 20 again you know if i can get if i can get in that kind of top 20 um that would be really good um don't know whether it'll happen um because now i've got the extra probably pressure on myself where i'll be looking at it every week thinking oh my god am i, <laughs> am I comparing to last year am i, am I gonna am i gonna get up to the levels i got to last year where was i this time last year um so there's that added added kind of pressure i suppose on myself um but yeah i'd like to um 
I like to be as consistent as I can, really. If I, if I could be top 10, top 20, and kind of, you know, really, really kind of cement that over the next year or two, that'd be amazing. I'm, I'm not sure what happened, though. <laughs> I'm honest. Brilliant. Um, well, that, I think that covers everything then, doesn't it? Um, Do we have been amazing. listeners' questions? See, I always forget something, Dan. I always forget something. <laughs> I know. And I did forget, get them up. And then while uh, one of you were talking, I did get them up. Um, so there's just a couple of questions then for you, Craig. Okay. Um, your nemesis, FPL Renarid, nine, he's asked, does he have a picture of Jack Clark up in his home? He bloody well should. <laughs> yeah, no, I, good old Jackie Clark. Yeah, no, I've got the uh, picture, the, the duvet and pillow set, you know, poster <laughs> on the wall, wallpaper, <laughs> a lot. I'm guessing Jack Clark did you well towards the end of the season. Yeah, he he was my, my road captain on on the last day. Um, he he was one of those that I bought in, you know, four or five game weeks before the end, and thought nobody else has really got him. And I think he'd hauled about ten game weeks earlier. He'd done really well in a random game week, and I didn't have him, and um, really thought, oh, should have should have had him in there. So I got him in, thinking that you know, if I did get kind of close to my goal which was winning that mini league that I was in then um I could put him in and it'd be a good differential so yeah it worked out it worked out okay and uh, FPL commander has asked um firstly congratulations mate um what is the secret I mean was there any special scouting that you personally do on players or planning methods that you used (laughs) yeah we kind of covered a lot of that I think um Try and, try and have a different player um, and not have 11, 10, 11 players that are all kind of same as the people around you or in your league. Um, for me, it was about watching as many games as I could watch um, and, and try and use that information um, more than anything, kind of form and, you know, who's getting the best positions. And, you know, if that translates to bonus, then, you know, you're, you're on to a, a good thing, I think, that, the bonus is so powerful if you can get those players that are chipping in, you know, four points every every week and they're, you know, even when they're drawing nil-nil or one all or whatever, I think that that really helps. Um, but but other than that, nothing, yeah, nothing really different from what we've said. Stay fairly, fairly kind of um, safe on hits um, and try and max the boosts. Um and then, yeah, if, if all that comes together, you, you, you're looking in good shape. But <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Uh, last question for myself, Craig. Uh, what players are you looking forward to seeing this season or owning players that, you know, did well last year or, or whatever? Yeah, look, looking forward to owning um, War Prowse. I think he's going to be, if he stays, which it looks like he's going to, I think he's going to be an absolute points machine. Um, all over the place so he'll, he'll be really good um, looking forward to um, if he plays again Cody Drammer at Leeds be really good um, he's gonna he's gonna be um, obviously in a really good team and again and, and up the top I would think in terms of bonus and assists and not sure about clean sheets but we'll see on that one um, who else have I got in the draft um, but, 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 but. Uh, Bree obviously back in the league with Southampton. Um, you know when he when he left Luton last year. Dan, I bet you were crying because of Luton and, <laughs> and uh, Gaffer. Uh, he's uh, yeah, it was a bit. He's he's amazing. So um, as long, again, as long as he plays, he'll be in. Um, really, really looking forward to having him. 
in the team. Um, and the Eng, the Engs, you know, just everyone's going to have him, aren't they? And go. <laughs> so, so I probably will follow the leader on that one. I, I don't think um, I don't think I'll be shooting myself on the foot and, and picking any old goalkeeper. It's probably going to be Dieng. Yeah, after the podcast with Luke, it, to be fair, it's quite obvious anyway. Dieng was the best option to go to when he moved to Bury. But then when we explained about the goalkeepers, I was like, well, it's definitely going to be Dieng. But after we finished recording, I'm sitting there, I'm here, and I'm thinking. Is there another keeper I can go against him with? It's just not worth it, is it really? You've got a 4.5 keeper playing for one of the top six clubs, let's say, at the moment, what we expect them to be. It's a no-brainer. and So my dilemma now is, do I just go another 4.5 keeper from a team who I wouldn't triple up on so he doesn't take up a spot? Or do I just go a 4 million keeper who's a non-player and then bring somebody in closer to when we get cheapest keepers in the second or first set of boosts. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll probably, um, I'll probably work it out. I think it almost certainly be Dieng in goal, um, and then I'll, I'll probably do the rest on price points for the first couple of games. Um, you know, that first up to the first boost, just make sure you can get to the play you want to get to without ripping up your team. Um, yeah. So it sounds, it sounds really safe, doesn't it? But that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably have like a a seven and a half, seven, an eight and a half in midfield. Maybe, well, JWP would be the premium in midfield. And then one premium up front. Um, and, and you know, I, I kind of learned in the first season of Gaffer, it kind of felt like the defenders were the place to go for the points. And I really like that. So you've got, you know, obviously you can really, really maximise the assists and, and bonus and clean sheets and things if you get a decent set of defenders in. So, that will probably be the same again. I'll probably kind of build it around those those kind of rules. And then the first boost will come along and we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully it will, it will work as well as it did last time. <laughs> and it's just waiting for that um, underpriced striker to just start scoring loads of goals that we weren't expecting. It, yeah. It's happened nearly every year. So we'll just find out who it is, jump on them early, go yeah. them in a premium really, I think. It will be interesting, I think, what what Coventry and um, Sunderland look like because they've had quite a lot of transition um, in and out of the teams. They both had quite a lot of loan players, and and you know, just be interesting when when we get again a couple of days before the season goes live, what their squads look like as to whether you trust them to the extent we did last year because I had quite a lot of Coventry and Sunderland last year all, all the way through. They've had um, price hikes so as well, haven't they? So it's now, yeah. you know, you're paying 5.5 basically for a Coventry or a Sunderland defender. So now, is it worth it now? That's what we've got to wait and see. Yeah, which I don't mind as long as the fault, if they have a similar form to last year, I'll, I'll be, that's okay, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's just, it's just uncertain, I think. Um, they've got, you know, Robbins is a good manager, Moby's a good manager, but they had good players last year as well, either, the, you know, in the, the, the permanent team or, or on loan. You know, I don't think Sunderland are getting Diallo back, for example. Um, and Victor's gone, obviously. You know, is Hamer going to stay? Don't know. Um, if he does, he'll be in my team, I think, um, even though he's gone up in price. It might be wrong. Has he penned a contract today, Dan? I haven't seen that. I might be making that up, so don't take me to that. But I, <laughs> I saw something along the lines of him, or they've offered him a contract. Mm-hmm. Um don't, don't listen to me, they wait for confirmation on that. But that'll be interesting because, like you yeah. say, if he does, he's straight in. But yeah. I, I don't like the uncertainty around game one. Um, 
I'm very laid back when it comes to fantasy football. You know, you know, a bad game week doesn't affect me personally. I'm not bothered. I'll just get on with it. But that Friday, the 4th of August, I've, I coach cricket for the juniors. I've already told them I'm not coming that night. And, you know, all focuses on game week one. <laughs> I'm getting it right. <laughs> so, yeah. sad little man I am. I think we'll all be doing the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, we're hoping to do a spaces, aren't we, Dan? Yeah. Um, on yeah, um, a pre-deadline, you know, R5 to R6. I think deadline's are R6. So just an hour, people coming on, have a chat yeah. with us, you know, tell us who they are picking. You know, not us telling you he's the player you should have, he's the player you shouldn't have. Just basically sharing thoughts of the community, really. So we thought that would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It'd be, um, it'll be, I, I just got to find, I think I, I, without thinking too hard, I can think probably what 90, 80, 90% of the team will probably look like. I just need to find those one or two that are the, the difference. Um, whoever they are, um, you know, probably going to be low owned, low price. And, you know, I'll, I'll have a couple of those in there for sure. I just don't know who they're going to be yet. <laughs> right. uh, Dan, do you have any other questions before we wrap it up? No, I think that's he's answered everything, Craig. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, and thanks, thanks for doing the uh, the pod and the content and stuff. And you know, the you know the game is all about um, you know what goes into it. I think what you guys are doing, and yeah, it's just a really really good game. And I'll certainly be playing it this year and beyond. You know, it's uh, it's, it's really good fun. I think. It's been a pleasure, Craig, and congratulations as well. I haven't even congratulated you on the win last year i wish you all the best this year um so that is it guys for the listeners what have we got coming up um next week we'll be doing the big um preview pods so it'll be over three parts eight teams per episode um we're going to start pre-recording towards the end of the week aren't we done we're trying to leave it as late as possible because there's a lot going on in the market but not yeah. too late where you can't digest it all because they do go on for quite a while a lot of effort does go into them. Um, all our correspondents will be giving us their um, information, shall we say. Um, and then that's it. Then really into it. Then we're, then we're basically into game week one, aren't we? We'll do the pre-deadline spaces, probably do one last pod, like, you know, our final team, kind that kind of thing. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, straight into it. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this pod, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you